Good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and it is Thursday, June 8, 2023. Thank you for being with us today. Maybe you're going to be listening on the archives, and that's okay. A lot of people do. We archive everything over at ace-ed.org. That's the home website, as most of you probably know of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. And everything we do over at ace-ed.org is free. So please go over and check it out. You might enjoy reading our magazine, our online journal, which is called Equity in Access. And you'll see the cover there on the right-hand side. Just click on it, and you'll be able to read a very enjoyable magazine. Perhaps you want to learn more about our Equity Awards, our Excellence in Equity Awards. And by the way, we have an Excellence in Equity Award winner as a guest today. I'll explain that in a minute. You want to learn more? You want to nominate yourself, other people? That's free. You want to work with companies, et cetera, et cetera. See all the categories we have under the awards icon. And, of course, we have the podcast icon. We work hard for equity. We hope you do, too. Everything we do over there is free. And everything's at ace-ed.org. Now, let me introduce you to an Excellence in Equity Award winner from the great, great state of Illinois, my old stomping grounds out there, okay, near Chicago from the uh, Broadview School District. Here we go. Here we go with the crazy names of school districts in the, the Chicago, Broadview, in Illinois, Broadview School District 89, okay, Maywood Melrose Park, okay. We have the one, the only, Micah Miner. Hi, Micah. Larry. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, Larry? Good to join you. I'm good. It's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Okay, you do have a fan club at my company. Maya and Bross just love you. They think you're the best thing (laughs) since chopped liver. Yeah, they're they're very good people. They're very good people, so I'm glad. They uh, are. I'm glad that oh, I get to know them. So, yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for letting me join you. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, I hope this is the first of a few that we're going to do because you are the district instructor in district instructional technology and social studies coordinator. Okay. And does that mean that you are the tech person or does that mean that you are the social studies person or does that mean that you're the person responsible for combining the two? What's that mean, Micah? And that means I'm both. Um, I'm the instructional technology uh, administrator. So anything that we do with instructional technology for our district, anything that has to do with, you know, devices in front of them, platforms, data, privacy, laws, et cetera, is on me. And in addition to that wonderful job role, I get to also (laughs) oversee the very politically charged social studies uh, curriculum as well. But I am not an IT person. I am a a former – Social Studies Department Chair for the Chicago Public Schools. I am a, um, a former instructional technology coach, uh, former school administrator, now a current administrator. So I work really closely with my IT team for all those cool details that I don't know about in computer science. So do we call you an IT guy or a social studies guy? What do you what you name your you put your label on yourself? <laughs> I'm a hybrid. <laughs> I'm a hybrid. I do a little bit of both. <laughs> So you are you are a Prius basically. You are our version of a Prius. Exactly. Correct. That is right. excellent. <laughs> and Mike, and this is great. By the way, as you know, I'm an ex social studies teacher. Okay, which really fascinates me. And we're gonna we're gonna talk today a lot about how AI and the metaverse and technology are affecting trends in education and how that 
works with equity and all that. But I, I want you to know that I'm very interested in the social studies side of this. And we don't get to that today. And I don't think we're going to have time to get to that today. Okay. We're going to make a second show, if that's okay with you. And we'll schedule it at a time convenient to you. And we're going to continue the conversation because there's all, so much to talk about here. And you, 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 you know your stuff. Okay, my friend. So what do you say? Yeah, that okay? works. Okay. That sounds, that that sounds great. Too. They are very separate, very separate, very important issues. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and I don't want you to feel you have to talk real fast. I want you to get involved in everything that we're doing here, okay? And, by the way, what happens – I should have gone over there. I didn't. What happens at your website, Micah Minder, that's M-I-N-E-R.weebly.com? What's going on over there? Yeah, I've been um, – um doing a lot of updates so it's actually just micaminer.com but it's still the weebly account and that's that's for me to kind of share a lot of my thoughts especially on ai tools but also this whole social studies challenge that uh states across the country are facing so i use that blog and i use that um that um whole like website to kind of promote some of my writing because i am as you, you did notice in the show i i do contribute i'm a contributing writer to AIDS. um well, I and forgot. I'm, I'm, Thank you. I, I yeah. knew that, and I forgot to mention that. So forgive me. Yeah, and I really appreciate being able to uh, share and you know share how great the organization is and how nice it is to amplify uh, teacher voices and educator voices. And so it's a great, it's a great organization. I'm very proud you of it, man. being a part of it. Mm-hmm. You, you, and you, you the man. You know, it's people like you that make it great. So I, I appreciate. I we appreciate everything you do, Micah. We really do. Okay, it, it's you just you're you're really a renaissance man for education, and we we appreciate it. So talk to me. Okay, here we go. Okay, AI. Let's just start there. That it, it's here. All right. And as long as we don't let the kids see Terminator Three, I think we're going to be okay. What are your thoughts? Where are we going to go with all this? Yeah, right. that's a, that's a good point. I was actually just yeah. talking to an Ed Week reporter yesterday. They, they were, she was interviewing about the newest AI tool because, you know, every day there's tools. And one exactly. of them, this is called personality-based AI, and she was asking oh, me about God. how it would potentially work for, uh, you know, social studies education. And, you know, so the reality is AI is here, and it is here to stay. And, um, it, you know, what has the difference between last year at this time and this year at this time is that ChatGPT OpenAI's interface made it really, really accessible um, for people to be able to interact with a tool that's been around and, you know, been updating itself since probably 2015, 2016 is when it really started generating steam. Um, but it's that new interface that November, <laughs> November 2022 happened mm-hmm. has created an entire set of almost a new paradigm of how you can approach things. And that, that comes with a lot of dangers. You know, it comes with a lot of challenges. It reminds me of the pandemic years where, like, every teacher tried every single tool, you know, and they tried everything to get kids engaged on when they were learning virtually. And then when we came back together the following year and kind of restructured ourselves, there was just too many things happening at once. And now we would rather do a few things well rather than lots of things poorly. And I think that's kind of like with AI exploding on an industry level, it's just really important for us as educators um, and educational leaders and teachers in the classroom to be able to balance that hype with reality and be able to help our students grow in a situation that, that, you know, we've never experienced before and just be really thoughtful and considered and critical, but also happy about some of the ways it can be really used to teach kids to teach better and help teachers learn more. So that's kind of where we're at with, with that topic. 
Let me ask the simple question. What are you going to do with it? Okay, again, you're the social studies technology guy. Uh, and again, is it called Broadview School District? Is that the name of the school district, Broadview? Maywood, Melrose Park, Broadview. School District so 89. I wasn't to, sure of that. Yeah. The way you had it Yeah, we here. got three I villages sure in one. Yeah, yeah, three villages right. okay, in one. Okay, School District 89. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I started off um, in as early as February. I, um, I, did, uh, um, I was working with me and my instructional technology coaches on empowering ourselves through like learning professional learning and figuring out what the tools were and kind of like doing quick crash course in it ourselves. Then I started presenting at a couple of the local conferences about the topic, both the metaverse and, um, and, and also this idea of what AI is. And then in March, um, I actually presented to the Illinois Council of Social Studies um, what this new AI tools are and what they're supposed to be and how they can be used. And I even had some uh, higher education faculty who attended that conference. And then what happened in Good. early April for my district, I empowered my teachers because I don't want to um, pretend that it doesn't exist. So I was able to get a district-wide professional development session where all nine of our schools were able to be um, – we all did a presentation with my team and my coaches and a couple of really good early adopters of, of teachers that were in my district who also wanted to participate. And they led like a quick crash course professional development on what it can be used. But we're using it as a teacher-centered tool, Larry. Um, it's at this point with, you know, there's so many data privacy laws across the country and some, and some are even popping up. Minnesota just had one, I think, last year that they're trying to apply. New York's had one, California, Idaho, all these places have it. So what we are using it as um, instead of like, saying, right, we, we, we don't really want to, um, we can talk about academic integrity and stuff later in the show and its impact on AI tools, but for us, I just want to make sure that our teachers aren't caught by surprising, um, getting themselves totally shocked about it. I wanted to empower them with information before they made their own decisions about it, and that went really well, and we're going to continue that kind of bi-monthly training in the fall. Just Excellent. So what, what was the teacher's attitude? AI, okay, who knows? You know, what's, what the, what's that? Okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> what, was the te- what was the teacher's attitude? Open the yeah. pod bay door, Hal. It's been around. Yeah. I sort of saw it in, I sort of saw it in the 2001 Space Odyssey when, when Hal takes over the mission. Open the yep. pod bay door, Hal. Okay. But that was, <laughs> that was fiction. Now it's not fiction anymore. Okay. Hal can literally do this. Okay. Open the schoolhouse yeah. door, Hal. You know, it's that simple. Open the schoolhouse yeah. door. Okay. And... <laughs> We, we got, that's a metaphor as well as a reality. Open the schoolhouse door. We got to yeah, open it to AI because it's it's coming down the pike. What was the teacher's attitude when you started talking about them? Did you get the teacher eye roll? Oh my God! Here we go again. Now what? What's going on? Give, me, give me the real skinny. Okay, not the high okay. stuff. Give me the real skinny when the teachers. What, what happened? Okay, so when I first got the tool, I think it was like in December, I was like saying this thing cannot be smarter than myself. What is going on? So I was doing all this like totally niche history, like African-American history. And so I was like, I got to be smarter than this thing. Like, so you have this initial visceral reaction of like, what is this uh, alien thing coming around pretending like it can even think and talk like us and that kind of thing. Um, and there were some teachers who had that attitude, but, um, but overall um, it was so well received that a few of my um, – there was, there was a, a couple of union meeting things that were happening as well. They wanted me to come back to their classroom oh, because they'd missed part of the meeting to, to help support them to understand it more. And I think that that was, 
that was like a really nice, um, and, 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 you know, there, there is some highfalutinous there, like they, they, but the majority of the teachers thought it was an amazing tool to help them with small group instruction, help them with rubrics, help brainstorm ideas for lesson planning, which was the emphasis of how we were using. And I think that's really important when it comes to these AI-like tools. Like, we want to keep guardrails up, which is why I'm really hesitant to use it with kids at this point. I just want our teachers to use it to be really able to, like, customize their personalization of content for lesson planning and to simplify things so that they can work, they can be more effective and help kids engage in the things that they're interested in with half the work. And I think because Jim, Jim, I approach it that way. Said, what you just said, how would a teacher, just give an example if you can, a simple example, how would a teacher use AI to personalize their, their le- I'll call it their lesson plan, their planning? Okay. And I assume your pers- and I assume it's is it personalized to the teacher we're talking about or personalized when you say that to each individual student? Whichever yeah. way you want to Let me that. explain that. That's a good question, yes, Larry. I knew you'd be good at your question. So here is um the what my argument is. And I'm also I'm, I happen to be writing a book on this from time to time publication as well called Harnessing AI for a Human Centered Education. And the reality well, is wait, wait, wait. How, how, work- how far along is the book? How far along it's about is halfway there. It's about halfway there, and I really respect. Okay. I really respect. You're welcome to come on and push the book when we're. Yeah, when I'll do that later. Yeah, you're going to do yeah, that. I will. Okay. But now I respect. Continue. I respect the publisher for saying I just don't want to put something out there that's meaningless. That I want to put something out there that's helpful for, to teachers. So I'm taking my my minute, taking my time, kind of thinking about it in respect to how I'm empowering my my teachers and my district before I like force it in the market just for a quick you know, profit share. So I really appreciate the perspective that we're taking, which we're going to, we're doing it thoughtfully and critically, but going back to your question of how can we use it? See, um, the, the, the argument I use for teachers to get them engaged in it is realize you still have to be the center of the, of the student's lives as the teacher, right? If you don't know your kids, there's no way that this tool can help you. If you're not investing in student relationships, you're not going to be able to use AI tools effectively in the classroom. And, and that's because um, mm. you have to build that first. So the reason why, like, I'm even working with my student services department, and they're working on um, doing quasi-experimental study is what we're calling it, on how do we teach our students um, um, who have autism with content generated specifically for them that the teachers create to help them get engaged in the topics that they're mm. interested in based on their, you know, their autism is such a large spectrum, so I don't want to go into the details yes, of the thing, but what we're saying is we're going to take half the teachers who are caseworkers and classroom teachers of uh, some of our autistic students, which we have, a, you know, as a school district of 4,300, we have, we have you know, uh, special ed needs kids and who are autistic, and we're going of to course. teach those teachers to help personalize and cater their instruction, not to, for kids to see AI tools, but for teachers to use it in their lesson planning to, content generate, to generate content that's helpful to the kids' interests. And then the other half we're just going to leave alone. Like if, you know, certain kids with autism may have an obsession about certain things, so if you can use that tool to leverage <laughs> social stories or small short scripts or, you know, and, and include academic vocabulary and content vocabulary into it, that's engaged to a topic that they're more interested in. We want to see if that results in better engagement for the kids. But that's because the teachers know who their students are and what kind of things might be helpful to them to help them get engaged in whatever content as they teach the lesson. And so that's the emphasis that I'm talking about with how AI tools can be used for teacher-centered like instruction to help them with their planning. If I'm a general education teacher, I'll use social studies because you, I think Larry, you might, you're a social studies teacher myself. You used to be yeah. one, right? 
Yeah, I was a social studies teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were. So let's use social studies as an example. If by, by, I the way, find well, a... by the way, it was a while ago. And I'll, just, I'll make you laugh at this. Uh, <laughs> when I first started teaching, all right, a kid brought a four-function calculator to class. A four addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. Okay? We gathered right. around it like the apes did, okay, in 2001. Okay, when the obelisk was put there by the aliens. None of us had seen anything like this in our lives. Okay, and we spent a a period. Although this was a social studies class, everybody passed it around and added up things like 2 plus 2 and 130 plus 1,340. (laughs) And we couldn't believe that there was, quote, a machine that could do this. All right. And now look where we and there was a controversy back then. Should we use calculators in school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Think about that. The math. Theory, oh, this will ruin everything. Yeah. Right. Okay. And they were wrong. All right. They were wrong. The calculator helped everything. We had to use the tool. Okay. The difference between the calculator and an AI, and I am an expert on Terminator 3, okay, is that the calculator cannot turn against us. At some point, and I think, if I may, all right, this is where education and AI are going to come in conflict because you you're smarter, Micah, than most people. Most people don't see the AI, so to speak. They don't fear it as a teacher tool. They fear it that the kids are going to misuse it. Okay, and believe yeah. me, the kids know it's out there. Okay, your kids at at at, at Maywood, Melrose Park, and Broadview. Okay, they know it's out there, and they yeah. know they don't have that. There, 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 there's a way to do a book report on Silas Marner, where I don't actually have to read it. By the way, that's a good thing, considering the the power of that book. Okay, but my <laughs> point is, okay, don't don't assign the kids Silas Marner, please. Don't do that, teachers. Okay, but. <laughs> Or, or or the mill on the floss, which I had to read in eleventh grade. Okay, <clears throat> okay, and they're still waiting for the book report. All right, but seriously, <laughs> it, the, the fear is the teachers are going to use it, and I think what you're doing is fabulous. And just keep it up. But it's the, it's the kids. Okay, the yeah, kids let's are going talk to about that, Larry. Yeah, yeah, look, that, let's, that, talk let's talk about, about that from, from the fear side, the kids' point of view with it. You know, you're you're giving you're giving control of the mission. There's a way the kids are smart. They're going to gain control of the mission, like Al, like the HAL nine thousand. Okay, right. how do we stop that? Yeah, yeah, right. that's I think a great you keep point. using that analogy, but I can't help it. Okay, I got. Oh, it's a great movie. analogy. I think yeah. it still applies. It's a great analogy. Yeah, it does. It's, it's, it does. Uh, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> what I actually just wrote this on my blog post this week is I kind of have been researching and digesting this because academic integrity is such an essential part of preparing our kids to be future leaders, right? And we want to make sure that our kids are well-rounded. We want to make sure that they have the actual um, academic integrity. And so there's also some policies and things that um, I think would be really helpful. But Dr. Sarah Elaine Eaton has this really great post that she wrote that was based on her book in 2021. And talk about, you know, being able to predict the future. I mean, this is, she's a professor from Canada and she has this thing called Six tenets of post-plagiarism, writing in the age of artificial intelligence. And what it really kind of does is it creates a set of like six ways to help us to kind of contextualize how this impacts teaching and learning, for especially writing in this case. But it helps 
us realize, you know that calculator that you were sitting at and you were just amazed yeah. at as a tool way, yeah. you know, only 10 years yeah, ago or however yeah. I'm just doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I think <laughs> a few years ago, right? Um, I think yeah, we're at many, this many place where ago, we... Many, many years ago, decades ago. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. A four-function calculator, this was a miracle of engineering beyond anything that we could possibly right. imagine. Yeah. And and I think and I think we have to look at this idea and since this this not only like AI tools. Oh, by just, the way, um, by the way, with the calculator, when, when the math teachers saw it, they they literally crapped their pants that this is the end of education. Just so you know. That. Yes, it was very okay. apocalyptic, right? <laughs> yes, very just apocalyptic. so you know that. Just like okay. we had heard it originally at the beginning of the year, like this is the death to everything. Um, exactly. And the answer is. It's actually, um, in my opinion, it's a way to help democratize it. And we can get into the details, and, and this is more of like, you know, the coffee table conversation one by one as you kind of build this idea of what it is. But um, I do have, obviously, fears. I won't ask about your P-Doom theory or anything else that's been going through <laughs> on the podcast. But generally speaking, um, you, we have to realize that we're in, 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 um, in an redefinition of education. This happens every few years with things. It, was, it reminds me a little bit, only this is a much more profound change as like the iPad in 2011. Like, it's going to revolutionize, okay. you know, no post, like post laptop okay. world and all these things. Um, it it reminds example. me of that, but if, for us to break down like what academic integrity looks like, there's a few things. One, we're, there's going to be this idea that we're going to have to deal with as teachers and educators, both in higher ed and in K-12 settings, and that's, we have to realize that hybrid writing will become the norm. So I'm going to give you an example of this because this can be very, very light. It can be a flex point so that people don't get upset. Um, so I have a student who pretend he's a, a SPED student who struggles with learning how to get – struggles with getting words on the page. He has a lot of ideas but doesn't know how to organize his thoughts. So is it absolutely horrible that we help in the future once I get all the data privacy rules and stuff? I have a tool that he can use that he can help create some like, personal ideas from him on how he wants to write about a specific topic. And then he's able to push a button and have this like, uh, like basically a intellectual collaborator with him to help him come up with his ideas mm -hmm. as he tries to write a mm -hmm. one paragraph essay about what he liked about the book. You know, I mean, is it, is it necessarily wrong that he uses uh, an intellectual thought partner, which in this case is an AI tool, to help or her write that book because it is the ideas of the student prompting to try to help get his or her thoughts organized, and, or they them in that case if you want to go to different generals. And I don't think that that's a big problem. Hybrid writing where human and AI intellects combine a little bit together to create something new isn't in the, in the next three to five, maybe seven years off, will not be abnormal. It will be normal. It helps That's kids good. communicate better. It helps That's good. authors come through writer's block. It helps teachers create a brainstorming partner that is there at 11 o'clock at night because you just, you know, yesterday just did not work and you need to try something new. And, like, uh, is it bad? I don't, I don't think so. And then when I say personalized, I want to think when I go back to teacher-centered tools. Um, if, uh, I have a teacher who um, – my wife is a wonderful teacher. She's a high school teacher in Chicago Public Schools, and I actually let her test things for me because she's – And what, nice what does she teach? What does she teach, Mike? <laughs> she's a social studies teacher like us, but she ah. happens to do – uh, yeah, so she happens to teach um, an avid class that, that she has the same kids for three years to help prepare them for all the things for, for um, them to get into college. She teaches Chicago nice. history, and she also teaches senior seminar, which is a way for kids in Chicago public schools to kind of wrap up their, their final year in high school and get them in and help them get into college in their post post-secondary plans so she's a wonderful teacher but what she i had her okay. test these things like when i was testing with the tools that, and she was like well see i try to teach 40 sat uh words 
you know, um, uh, over the next, you know, 10 weeks. And so what she did is she created um, uh, individualized, uh, you know, she put 10 words in and she would create individualized writings because it was really hard for her to find uh, vocabulary words, right, that uh, were matching with the academic vocabulary of the SAT words she was teaching. So she used um, the, in this case, it was ChatGPT, but you can use other tools. And this is before Bard. She typed in, "Can you write um, an essay about, you know, social, uh, social science essay about this using these five words?" And it used it correctly in three or four paragraphs. So it saves time from an educator's perspective. But uh, my wife was able to introduce these um, academic or content vocabulary words in very specific ways that matched the intent of what she was trying to mm -hmm. teach them as they manage these 40 vocabulary words. That's what I'm talking about. It's like an intellectual thought partner. And if teachers can do that, why can't that. kids use that to help improve their, you know, what they turn in or what they submit? And another thing that we have to realize when it comes to the writing process, since we want to focus on this post-plagiarism idea, is like um, – you want to focus on writing as a process too, Larry. Like if we give checkpoints as a process, um, and I'm a big fan of, of, of you know, a formative assessment, but I'm also a big fan of like standards-based grading when done correctly because you want to make sure you're giving kids feedback on every step of the writing process. And if it means that they come up with their own idea and it's approved and then you work with it and then they end up getting crashed on, or paragraphs and so they use an AI tool to help them formulate their questions. And I have a great story about this later that I'll share. Um, but I just don't think Please. that hybrid writing is necessarily bad for our, our students who struggle with writing, as long as it's done in a way that's ethical and a way that's transparent. You know, you're, um, you're right. As long as, as long as it, it, that, I think it just hit the nail on the head. You know, people see AI as cheating. Okay. You, you said, you said ethical and transparent. So the opposite of that is cheating. Okay. Correct. And a lot of people see that a lot of kids, they think that a lot of kids are going to cheat with this. Like they thought a lot of kids were going to cheat with the calculator, okay? And, yeah. you, you know, to, to me, a lot of AI, has to, it, it, the power of it is the way we use it. I, you know, I, I see it, and I'm trying to formulate this in my head. I see it not as giving kids the answers, but helping them formulate the questions. Okay, yeah, that's a me, great way to say it. I agree. You know, that's, that's where it is. And if we can teach kids to ask the right questions. And we have a, I love your line. Is this your line? Because you should patent this. Get t-shirts. An intellectual thought partner? Did you make uh, that it, up? It, it is my line that I, I, I don't know if I made it up. I can't claim it. But yes, it is a line I use quite frequently in, in my Yes, in keep my writing. using it and, and make and make up t-shirts and put them on the okay. internet. AI <laughs> is my intellectual <laughs> thought partner. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and then, then well, you'll call me when you're a t-shirt billionaire. Okay, from Dubai. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> okay, but but um, I'm, go ahead. Um, yeah. Just to expand on your story about that, Larry, is like kids may not necessarily see it in the same way as adults. Adults are like, oh, no, we're going to jump on that. It's just like, Matt, oh, you can't use that tool. Um, but like I had um, – so what happened recently, a district, which I don't want to call out uh, because I don't want to you know, insult people. I used to work for it. But anyways, they, um, they banned <laughs> things like Quill – and Quillbot and all these things that help kids with paraphrasing as a way to like block any AI tools that were used. So I had students who went to a teacher that I know very well who said, um, who said, I'm really struggling with writing now. It's like, it's now it's like March, I think March or April when they, and then they were like, I'm a, my parents don't speak English. 
um, I want to go to college and I want to learn how to write, but I use this mm-hmm. quill is what it's called to help paraphrase my writing because yeah, I'm not the greatest cool. writer before I submit it to, you know, to the teachers. And now since I don't have any kids, you know, I don't have parents who can help. I don't have any older siblings who able, are able to know the language enough, and I may not have anybody in my, you know, they may not have anybody in the family who went to college. They're sitting here trying to learn how to write better, and they can't use the tool that they've been using to help them write better. And that was all because we were like, oh, so the kids were already using a tool to help them improve yeah. their writing because, you know, you know they're yeah. a text-based generation. They like yeah. texting and short, and they, they needed a little bit of help. So now that that district has abolished that tool, they are now going to turn in less than subpar work than what they want to. And this was kids coming to a teacher advocating for themselves, say, hey, can you open this up? Because it's really messing up with me trying to do my best job of writing. And I think as long yeah. as we are empowering our kids to understand that it is important that you're transparent, as long as we are teaching them how to use the tools thoughtfully, critically, realizing that they are that thought partner and not the person who does the thing that does the work for you, I think that is the kind of healthy context that we have to use to understand how these tools should be used. And we have to be able to teach it. And honestly, the other thing that, um, another big argument I have that I think we should do is we have to start teaching machine learning and AI as part of our STEM education process so we demystify what this black box is. I'm going to take one word out of their STEM. Okay, we have to use that as part of our teaching process. Okay, STEM is just part of the education process. Exactly, yeah. And, and what we got to break, that, that's, it's going to be terrible because I, I know how important STEM is. STEM is important, but it, that, that word eliminates social studies, okay? And there's nothing that happens in STEM, okay, that doesn't affect society. That's where social studies happen. That's why we do STEM. That's why we produce all the robotics. That's why we produce computers. That's why we produce medicines, okay, because it helps people, society. Okay, if you don't understand right. something's impact on society, here I go, you got me going on now. Okay, if you don't understand something's impact on society, like Dr. Frankenstein did not understand it, if I may, okay, yeah. you got to be really careful crossing that. You, you got to combine the two. You have to exactly. combine the two. Pardon this- me for breaking up what you just said, but <laughs> yeah. it's just part of the, this is a new world. Okay. It, it is. Can't, those barriers don't can't exist. If they exist, I got news for you. We're screwed. Okay, yeah. We well, kind of. We got to stop the barriers. Yeah, we do. Oh, by the and way, I, wait, before like, you go, I, I wrote something down. You said this. You know, when the kids advocate for themselves, they kids have an open mind. Okay, and I'm going to recommend a a short story. Okay, I don't know if you ever okay. read. Do you ever read Mimsy Where the Boro Grows? Mimsy Where no. the Boro Grows. Okay, just okay. the way it sounds. Oh, yeah. Just look, just Google it. Mimsy, where the board grows. It'll come up not only as nonsense verse, okay, but also as the name of a short story in science fiction. And when you read that, you'll understand what what kids are thinking when they see AI. Okay, although okay. it was written 55 years ago, 60 years ago. It's the same story. You nailed that. The kids will see it, okay, and they will use it to help themselves. And teachers have to do that. And, Mike, i got to ask you a question. You said this a few, uh, you know, at the beginning of the show, that when you gave a professional development uh, seminar, okay, or maybe when you talked to the Illinois uh, Social Studies Council, uh, higher education people were there. Was that correct? Illinois Council yeah. for Social Studies, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I assume those higher ed people are, 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 are professors of education. They may not be, but, but my question is, 
okay? Um, professors of education, education schools, you know, you're a K-12 person, all right? Education schools have to start understanding this. And I'll give you a place example. My school ring from when I graduated college says BS on it. Okay, and that yeah. BS is okay. It, it, it literally stands for Bachelor of Science. And when right. I tell you there was no science involved, not a hair, a, a follicle of science involved. For some reason, they didn't give me a Bachelor of Arts; they gave me a Bachelor of Science. Okay, <laughs> it makes no sense. Today we have, and you certainly know this term, the science of reading. Educate, we have neuroscience. We know how people learn, okay? And this, this AI and all the technologies are having immense impact. And my, that was a long way of asking you a simple question. When you talk to professors, or what was their reaction? They're the ones where the, it all falls on us and K-12 to teach ourselves, okay? But these education schools have to change with yeah. this. Yeah, okay, like Waterworld. If you don't teach people how to swim, you're going to be in real trouble in Waterworld. Exactly. You've got to do that exactly. First. Yeah. yeah, and I was, I was actually – Sorry for all the movie analogies. Oh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. But Trinity International University, I used to adjunct there in their social studies and technology for teachers courses. So I taught the you know, social studies methods courses and stuff. And um, I did that for a few years before my twins were born, and then my wife said, you have to stay home more. So, of course, I stayed home more. But, um, <laughs> but you know, it's really important when we empower our – I mean, you know, and every year, like, this is hiring season for us, right? So I've hired, I think, three social studies teachers so far for our district. So they come in super excited, right? One of them is a student teacher. He's going to be a part of, like, then mentor him to figure out how to use these tools along with other new teachers. And, and, it, and it's really important. But like you said, it's these – the higher education institutions, not just across the United States, but across, you know, what you would say the organized world, it's really hard to keep up. I understand. It's hard to keep abreast of the changes, but this is, some people have given this, like, um, analogy of this is like the fourth industrial revolution. Some yeah. have said it's, yeah. it's as big as the internet. Some say it's bigger than the internet. It is profound. The ground is shifting. And if we don't learn how to thoughtfully, and this is my, my whole point, like, don't blind adopt. I'm, I'm an early adopter, but I'm not a blind adopter. Okay, and I yeah. have to put up my yeah. own guardrails in understanding how to contextualize it. And we have to learn ourselves, you know, before I can help teach others how to use it. So that's why I'm doing my work with my district to, to learn as I go so that the, um, the information that I learn, I can share with others who are just on the beginning of the journey. I'm a little bit, might be a little bit farther, a few months off than what they are because we've been trying to do it thoughtfully. But it is important for higher ed institutions to be able to prepare their kids for this. And it's also important because, Absolutely. you know, those new teachers also, many of the kids who are coming in probably have used this tool as senior year, okay? It was amazing. I think it was high, uh, Chronicle of Higher Education had this, like, little, um, you know, confession, basically, of a student who just graduated who was like, you guys have no idea how much we use this tool this year. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot. Good. And so, huh? You know, that makes, but that's the next point I was going to make. Teachers, okay, educators, if I may. Educators cannot look like they don't know anything about this. The kids are going to jump on this. Absolutely, okay? they already the have. Of, of what you're doing, the kids, the kids know. Mimsy where the board grows. I'm telling you, okay. The kids know. They can figure this out. And we're like adults trapped in a box. We're going to look like a bunch of dopes. We're going yeah. to look like and a the, bunch of dopes if we don't use it the right way. <laughs> it's, exactly, it's and teach obvious. them how to use it, and and demystify it. 
And like you said, um, this is our social studies conversation we'll have in the future, Larry. But like, yeah, we there's no, We're going to. there's no, <laughs> there's such a challenge because, um, like you said, STEM is nothing without STEAM. And then I would add STEAM yeah. because social studies has been such a lost part of our society and making sure that um, in unity we have diversity. And you know what I'm saying? But in diversity, we also have. Oh, I know what you're unity. saying. Yeah. yeah, and our NAEP scores and all those things at a separate time. But this, this, this um, tools, these AI, awesome democratizers of knowledge if they can be leveraged correctly. But they are just a tool, right? Like it'll be used for ill or for good, just like anything else in the world. Um, and it is not magic how things work, but when you first interact with the tools, they really, really feel like magic, but they're really not. There's a lot of very simple things that are going on. And I don't want kids to realize, like today, to prepare for this, Larry, I was looking at my manuscript and I ran it through one of these things called chat PDF. And, um, and I put in my book and I asked a few questions that I thought you might want to ask. And then it came up with some things that weren't even in my writing at all mm. because it hallucinated again. And that's another thing that AI <laughs> tools do. They hallucinate, right? Like, it was like, these are the tools that the book or the manuscript says about this. And I'm like, I didn't write anything about that that has no reference point there, but chat GPD, chat PDF, and I'm not knocking yeah. the tool. I mean, it's, it's all pulling out of the uh, similar large language models, but like it didn't even have an accurate information about a summary about the book that I had just put into it at the manuscript as I was trying to prepare for what I could say for you all. So, you know, it is important to realize the limitations as much as the strengths. And you can't and, you use know, I gotta, this. I've got to ask you something, Micah. Micah, how, how up to date? Is, I'll say chat GPT, but all the AI, I think it's called the large, large language AI. How, how up to date is it? I mean, would it give you stuff that happened yesterday? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, there were, they, they were able to have, in, I think it was in Denmark, a gentleman who was a quadriplegic, they were able to bypass all his brain circuits and he was able to walk naturally. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. He could yeah. just that's like amazing, it. it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. So my, my question is how up to date? Okay, I, mean, I don't know if you know this. Is AI these days? <laughs> well, it depends know? on what tool. <laughs> um, All right. No, the one, the one that um, I think just generally, if anybody who wants to play with a few opportunities or um, like something that's more up to date, you can use this interesting tool called Perplexity.ai. And um, and what it does is it creates um, – it's a brand-new company. It's founded on, you know, similar time frame, but it has an interesting thing because it tried to – it tries to anchor everything within scholarly works or articles or reputable articles. So it's basically a search engine, right? But you can use GPT-4 on it. You can get – I think it's like five – you can ask it five questions every four hours with GPT-5 Copilot. And it provides you a really good opportunity because that is completely up-to-date. It has access to the Internet, and it gives you um, – like I've been using it for like – social studies best practices. I use it for some of the research that I'm doing on, on um, you know, for how to upgrade, update our um, academic integrity policies and things for this. It's a really good tool. So that's, that's one tool that's like connected to the internet that gives you pretty decent information. Microsoft Bing and Google Bard are those also. They're all pretty decent. GPT um, has, or Chat GPT has just gotten, you know, if you're a Plus Plus member, you can get access to the internet, but it's really slow. So there's a lot of really cool tools. But the thing is, if you don't know anything, Larry, and you're trying to teach us you social studies. If you don't know anything about the Civil War, and you just use ChatGPT to create a lesson plan that can tell you about the Civil War, and you just teach it, there could be a lot of misinformation in there. You have to be a veteran teacher who knows your content area, or a new teacher teacher who knows her content area, to be able to really adequately leverage these tools. 
Because like I said, it's based on your relationship with your students and how you can help get them content that can engage them in what you want yeah. to teach them in ways that, you know, that, um, you know, you can also do cool, really cool, quick translations. And that's another thing. My district's like 60%. Um, there's, a, there's where about 44% of our district has dual language and 60% of our families have that's Spanish at home. So it's a really cool way for you to flip between things. And there's ways to generate AI art that can help kids be engaged and for like small digital stories and things like that that you can do that i'm trying to leverage but it's all because the teachers a have good relationships with kids and have good teaching practices and then the tools can be effective right and then you can get to b which is leveraging ai tools if you don't have a good relationships with kids and good pedagogy and good content knowledge then let's yep. not even get yep. to b let's not even use AI tools <laughs> let's just build that yeah. you know it, 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 it's really something, and I have a feeling we're going to wind down this show, but I'm going to write you as soon as we're done. We're going to set up the next date, okay? We'll do it at your convenience, all right? And um, for summer, when are, you, are you done school yet? You're not, are you done yet? Yeah, we just got done last week, and um, I was at summer oh, school congrats. yesterday, <laughs> day three. Good. E- excellent. Excellent. I have a feeling when we do the next show, there will not be a mic of minor of flesh and blood. He will have evaporated into the ether, and he will just be an avatar. <laughs> Just say voice. Right. Just say voice. Right. right. Okay. I'm concerned about that because we're we're getting right. perplexity AI. Can you turn me into okay. just a voice? You know. Okay. It, I hope not. It, it, <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be great. We're going to focus on more of this and more on social studies. Okay. And more of this, I got to say this. You said the word a few minutes ago on democratizing education. You know, we got to use AI to build equity, okay? And we can yeah. do that, and you said it, just as a start with the languages, okay? Right. You know, not every teacher understands, you know, every kid they're teaching. They can't because there's kids from so many different uh, cultures, et cetera, that we're not familiar with. All of this is going to help, okay? Right. What would you do for a kid from Turkey if you had to teach him the U.S. Constitution? Ask perplexity. Ask chat GPT. Let's see what comes up. <laughs> Okay, it, right. it's really yeah. it's a brave new world, my friend. And I'm gonna I'm gonna visit you in your bubbling test tube. I will get back to you a little bit later today, and we'll set up the All next right. show. Okay. Thanks, Larry. Are you working? Or are you done Thank now you for the summer? Are you? Oh, done? I are work year late? round. I'm year round. Okay. So, you know. And by the way, since energy. you mentioned it, how old are your twins? And what, boys, girls, what are they? I have boy girl twins who are going into sixth grade, and then I have a Ooh. junior and a freshman. So you know. Yeah high school so i appreciate the time though larry i really do look forward to our next conversation and thanks for having me on this was terrific micah thank you for everything you do for us okay and and your kids not only your kids but all the kids in your district all the kids okay you're good man thank you yeah thank you okay take care have a good day you too now bye-bye thanks bye wow that's micah minor he's one of our equity award winners now you know why he won an equity award this guy's amazing all right, he writes for us, et cetera. I forgot all about that as I was introducing him. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org, and we are going to continue this conversation, okay? This is really important stuff, okay? It's going to change your world. We're going to open the pod bay door, Hal, okay? So uh, open the schoolhouse door, Hal. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. Go over to ace-ed.org and see what we do. Thanks for listening.